Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good. Uh, trying to figure out how to cram 40 hours in this very long week. Uh, I, I think you said you're doing some kind of trick-or-treat thing. We also have kind of like a Halloween like show slash hike thing here that you have to work at. So it's going to be a long week. Yep. Yeah. We have one next weekend. Uh, the, the perks of working in recreation is you get to do fun stuff like that. Also you get to flex hours around and maybe that's not always as fun. Um, but yeah, both working in recreation, we, we live similar lives. That's for sure. So, uh, all right guys, we are here to talk about week four of the NFL as well as preview week five. Each week we do this, we we kind of talk through a few waiver targets before we dive into the happenings of, of week five or, or the upcoming week. And this week we have a, a pretty short list. I'd say it's a little shorter than the last week uh, based on the fact that I, we didn't even do waivers two weeks ago. So uh, first guy we want to talk about, Randy, you pick one and let's dive in. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, he's 50% owned uh, in sleeper redraft leagues. Uh, he, I mean, he has taken over the backfield, uh, especially rushing-wise. But Edmonds is still getting a ton of work as well, and he's being targeted a lot. He, he keeps getting touchdowns. Should have had two this last week as well. Um, but it's been somewhat favorable matchups for the run as well, so we need to see a bit more. But Mostert, is, he's been dominating the touches. And if it's me, I'd rather pick him up and either sit him or play him. and. Now let someone else play him against me for, you know, the inevitable run before he gets banged up and Chase gets 100% of the work. Yeah. With with Mostert, too, I, before the season, I said I thought Sonny Michelle would lead the team in carries uh, because I felt like he was the best uh, wide zone runner. And it turns out Raheem Mostert is actually the best outside zone runner, and he's he's done a really good job as the starting running back. I think that's a good shout. Another running back that I personally have vested interest in, Rashad White, 38% rostered. He kind of had a, a sort of breakout game. He, he caught a few balls. He didn't really he, – he got a score, which I know Leonard Fournette fans were pretty upset about because it was a goal line situation, and that's normally Lenny's bag. But uh, Rashad White kind of incorporated into the offense. He saw a higher snap share than he has all season. I think that this is a sign of things to come. I think the – there was there was one drive where Rashad White did not come off the field. It was a full. I don't know if Leonard Fournette got hurt, and we just didn't know about it. The broadcast didn't talk about it, but it was the Rashad White drive, and he caught a couple of passes there, and then they rewarded him later with the touchdown. So I think you're looking at a guy who he's a high high injury potential too. If Fournette were to go down, like he is the dude. He's next up. So so quickly. Uh... While I'm definitely advocating for picking him up, he is actually my need more info of the week. Okay. Uh, this is simply because, like you said and alluded to, uh, he got more touches, but he also just got an increased snap share. I want to know if that's just because of the game script. They completely abandoned the run very, very quickly. Ironically, Rashad White fumbled a kickoff and kind of put them in the on their backs quickly. Uh, they, I think they ran a total like six times. Uh, they just completely abandoned it and were just full-fledged passing all the time, which definitely leans more to Rashad White than Fournette, but Fournette, Fournette did get a good amount of passing work as well. So it's definitely a, sit, a pick up and hold and just sit, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, we both think that he is talented enough to carve out his role this year. It's just definitely I'm not playing him this week. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, who's the next guy you want to talk about? Uh, Tyler Hoshier, a uh, guy that I have 
that's interesting. <laughs> uh, definitely draft favorites of ours. Um, but I don't know why I misspelled his name here. Uh, <laughs> annoying me now. But uh, we did get news later this afternoon. Cordero Patterson is on the IR. Tyler Algier was definitely the most explosive back of the day as well. Uh, but he got a lot more touches than pretty much everyone else. Caleb Huntley did come in and kind of power his way to a few good yards and a score. Um, so I do think it'll be a little bit of a mix between the two, but passing downs uh, and just good burst. I think Algier is clearly the guy this week for the same kind of reason is, you know, I'll kind of switch to you here. It's against the Bucks, So, yeah. So I, I advocate for picking him up and stashing him because I do think that lo- the long-term outlook is better than this week, but against the Bucks, he's my sit this week, actually. So, I, I think people are going to jump to conclusions. Caleb Huntley was out there, and I think we're going to see a bit more of a split than people are going to want to see because I do think that Algier is a, is a talented runner. I just don't know what this Falcons offense is at this point either, and I don't know what it's going to look like against a defense like the Bucks. Granted, the, the Bucks defense didn't look great against the Chiefs, but uh, the Falcons offense is pretty abysmal right now, including their passing game. So I'm not super interested in Algier as a starter this week. Yeah, I'm not interested in him as a starter this week either, but I think he's a must-add, um, especially with Patterson on the IR. Um, just if you have to sit him this week, yeah, to sit him this week. Uh, traditionally, this Bucks defense does kind of come back with a vengeance the next week. Uh, they, they were just kind of speed-bagged early, and it felt like they were trying to just stop the pass and let the run kind of get through a little bit. So I think that won't be the case this week against the Falcons, who barely passed against the Browns. So I think they're going to be working full stop to stop that run and make Mariota beat him through the air, which I don't think he can. So completely agree there. I think Desmond Ritter's coming in in this game, by the way, for what it's worth. We'll see. Mariota's playing great. He completed like seven balls this last week, and I know that was a product of the We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know, I know. I'm overexcited. All right, the last running back I believe that we're going to talk about here uh, is Mike Boone. Javante Williams, we we will get to it. The news is that he tore his ACL, his PCL, and something else in his knee. I forget. LCL. L- L- yeah, ACL, LCL, and part of his PCL, I think, is what it was. Yes. Um, really bad injury. Of course, that knocked him out for the year. Mike Boone looks to be the 1B to Melvin Gordon, though Melvin Gordon was punished in this last game for his bad fumble, fumble six, actually. I saw a stat today, super off topic. He's committed three fumbles that were returned for touchdowns, and it's only happened like six times in the last few years. He's committed. He's been the the recipient of half of them. Um, but Mike Boone, zero percent rostered, obviously right now. I, I think that he's going to have a role. He just had a couple drops in this game, but I do think that he will earn some type of role even if it is the 1b we know that melvin gordon has seen some value in that role so yeah and for what it's worth he did get more touches than gordon in this game and he also kind of came up a bit limpy at times they did just sign latavius murray as well um but i think that's more just safety in case either one gets hurt kind of thing um but i I do think he could be at least a decent flags option down the road it's good it was a good week uh, to be a raiders fan uh, watching a game in a theater room with a Broncos fan in suite. There's nice. a fun dynamic of us both being really happy and sad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, uh, go ahead. So I, I'm just going to kind of pair two of these players together. Uh, George Pickens and Kenny Pickett. So both kind of got in more snaps and kind of exploded. Uh, Kenny Pickett actually was amazing. Uh, didn't didn't have a dropped ball. Unfortunately, three of those balls did go to the opposite team, but didn't have a dropped ball the whole day. And Pickens didn't really have a lot of work in the first half, but got the lion's share of the targets in the second half. Um, so I think Pickens, while he is a 50, 58% rostered player and Pickett 14, Pickett has been given the go-ahead for the rest of the year so far. Um it's definitely a wait and see kind of on Pickens, but if that, you know, obviously Pickett has thrown to him more than pretty much everyone else because he's, you know, exclusively worked with the twos and threes all year. Um, whereas Pickens is kind of a late one top of the second team roster. So 
Um, it could just be a favorite guy, but I think at a full week of practice, Deontay gets the lion's share back. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. But I think both are good pickups this week. Yeah, I think they're good stashes. The Steelers' upcoming schedule, Bills, Bucks, oh, week, Dolphins, <laughs> Eagles, Saints, Bengals. So that's the next six weeks. I find it fascinating that they chose to turn to Kenny Pickett in that game specifically because I thought that they would try to get Trubisky at least through this gauntlet of terrible, terrible matchups. But they're trying it's to win games. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're trying to win games, and I think Pickett probably gives them the best chance to do that at this point. Um, in super flex leagues, of course you add Kenny Pickett though, um, in single quarterback, I'm I'm pretty much out. No, but, um, I think we'll get through some growing pains and he might be a decent spot start down the road here. Just we got to get through these weeks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the last player that we should talk about, I'm not sure what he is just yet, but Corey Davis, 29% rostered right now, was kind of Zach Wilson's favorite target. We saw that at times last year. Uh, the the continuity of Joe Flacco and, and Garrett Wilson is no longer. And we have, I mean, I guess we can take this opportunity to say that our pause is the Jets wide receiver room because of this Corey Davis game and Elijah Moore has kind of struggled to find targets despite being wide open all the time. And he, he's kind of getting the targets. He's getting almost the same workload. He's always like the second guy each week. He's just not producing off the targets. Yeah. Which, yeah. And Garrett Wilson has been the team leader, but again, that's with Joe Flacco. So we're just kind of hitting pause on this whole receiver room. I personally wouldn't start any of them, but I do think it's worth it to add Corey Davis as. Yeah there's a chance that he is the valuable guy moving forward. Yep. All right. 100%. Sweet. That'll do it for the waivers this week. Good luck in, in getting those claims. If you have fab, don't be shy. Use it. I, there have been too many seasons where I end up with excess fab because I just, I was too stingy. So um, don't be stingy with your fab. That is the advice for this week. Well, let's get into the week five preview uh, we have a, a slew of good games this week. I would say probably not as good as this last week, but we're going to start with Thursday Night Football as always. And this week we have the Colts and the Broncos. Broncos are three-point favorites, and the over-under in this game is 43. The big news out of this game is Jonathan Taylor. He has an ankle injury. They don't think that it's anything serious, but I think turning him around for uh, the Thursday night game is going to be really, really difficult. There was a report today that Philip Lindsay would be involved. I think Naeem Hines is going to see an increased snap share at the very least. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, we already talked about it, but Javante Williams will not be playing in this game. Those are the two main injuries. Uh, Randy, how do you see this game playing out? It, it, this, this game does not excite me a whole lot. No. And I, I mean, I'm full. I think Broncos win. Uh, I'm not picking the Colts. Again, Ever. I don't yeah. think it, they have played awfully <laughs> like that's I don't really know what else to put it. They can't do anything. I think they're the worst team in the division. And that's with the Texans playing worse this year than last year. Um, it, it's been just terrible. Playing it's been very, yeah, it's been bad. I, I think the Matt Ryan, I think a lot of people didn't watch Matt Ryan. Um because, I, you know, I, I went into this year and I said, I think Matt Ryan's kind of lost it a little bit. Uh, he's not quite the same player he was. I didn't think it would be this bad. Anytime that dude sees pressure, he is scrambling and and he's not fast enough to get out of the pocket. And so he just kind of chucks the ball up and it's not good offense. Uh, on top of that, I don't think their offensive line has played well enough either for the running game to be good. And that's the problem. It, it, it definitely hasn't. Um We'll see. Bradley Chubb hasn't also played well for the Colts and obviously losing Randy Gregory for, you know, two to six weeks, I think they said. So maybe the pass rush won't affect him that much this week. But the D tackles, the Joneses have been getting through at the Broncos, especially in the run game. Um, so I, I just don't think this is a great like matchup per se. And the, the whole reason they switched from Wentz to Ryan was save consistent play without the turnovers. And yeah. he's turned it over just as much as Wentz did, and they look worse. They, they're they not pushing it as much as Wentz would. So at a certain point, it's been a downgrade this year, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And this offensive line's been terrible. JT can't get going. 
Uh, ironically, this would have probably been a good game for him to get going. Uh, the Broncos have been pretty pitiful on the ground uh, this year at different times, and obviously Josh Jacobs just killed them. So it, it is unfortunate, but I think Broncos uh, win an ugly game. Yeah, I think that's the main takeaway is this game probably will be ugly. I think I'd take the under here. Yeah, though. classic Thursday. Also feels like one of those games where maybe something clicks and they just score a ton of points, but I'll, I'll take the under and I'll take the Broncos as well at home. If JT plays, I can somewhat concede to that point, but if he's not played, I'm not, I'm not touching it. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on from that game. Uh, let's let's move to the Sunday morning game. We have some London games. We do have Germany games this year. Uh, not yes. not yet, but uh, they are going to. I believe it's Munich to play. I think that's what I they said on so. the broadcast. And they're also going back to Mexico City this year, which is exciting. But the Sunday morning game, which I am not a fan of, uh, Giants against Bro. the Packers. Um, it is, is eight thirty here. It is. It is yeah. tough. I woke oh. up after the first quarter was over on Sunday uh, for this last game, and that, that was actually a pretty good game. I'm glad I got to watch the end of it. Yes. But, it's uh, probably the best London game they've, yeah. they've had. Yeah, for sure, and I can tell you this one won't beat it. New York Giants going uh, across the sea to play against the Packers. The Packers are eight-point favorites in this game. Over-under is only 41-and-a-half. Daniel Jones has a sprained ankle. It doesn't sound like he'll turn it around for Sunday, but they've been pretty vague about it. Tyrod Taylor also left that game. Saquon Barkley played Wildcat quarterback this week, uh, and that it was actually you know kind of successful. Uh, on the other side, we don't know if we're going to get Sammy Watkins back. We don't know what this Packers wide receiver room quite looks like just yet. Um, but I guess would, hey, the Giants have a good record. And three and one right now. Do you think they have a fighting chance in this game? Ironically, I kind of do. It, it depends on the quarterback situation. Because um, while they're not playing well at quarterback so far, at least Daniel Jones has been able to run a little bit. Um, I mean, Saquon is absolutely carrying. <laughs> but th- their defense has been really good, especially against the run, which is, again, you know, when we talked about the Packers versus Bucks game where. We thought it'd be an ugly, low-scoring game. I think we can get something similar here too, because while the Packers' offense has been a little bit better, it's definitely been carried by the running game and somewhat of an emergence of Romeo Dobbs. But if we are getting a little bit more stifled running game this week because of the Giants' uh, run defense, then we have some issues. You know, it's it'll be on Aaron Rodgers to lead with that, and he has not looked good this year. But the wide receivers haven't either. So, I mean, realistically, he probably should have lost to Bailey Zappi this last week. So, yeah, I think we're kind of in the uh, waning hours of his career just watching him play. I mean, he just he's not moving around the way he normally does. And I think that that's caused him to take sacks. Now, I'm sure you heard the audio. I almost sent you the TikTok of uh, Aaron Rodgers screaming at his center to snap the ball, dropping an F-bomb on live television. I heard it live too. It was pretty funny. Uh, so I think that if this offensive line can play better, I think that the Packers offense will improve inherently, of course. Um, I do want to mention my, my lock start this week is Romeo Dobbs. I think despite the up and down nature of him, I, he should have caught that touchdown. Uh, I, I think that that was, he just couldn't hold it through the ground. I think that Rogers is building a rapport with him. And I do think that he is going to be, the wide receiver one for them kind of moving forward. I, I think they're trying to get Christian Watson up to speed. I think they still like him as a, the guy. And right now though, I, I think you have to start Dobbs. I think ultimately with, with what Darnell Mooney was able to do with the terrible bears uh, uh, passing attack, I think you look at Dobbs and say, I'll bet he could probably do something similar, if not better. Uh, and so I'm starting him really everywhere I have him which is kind of nowhere at this point. Unfortunately, I missed out on the Dobbs train. But Well, and we, we talked about Dobbs versus Watson kind of preseason a lot where um, Dobbs wasn't a phenomenal tester, but he does – he fits kind of like the standard that Rodgers likes, whereas Watson is kind of a physical freak, and Rodgers hasn't really had that. Um, and 
Dobbs is a little bit more pro ready. He just has some drop issues. Um, so I, I do think getting Watson more involved in different aspects like they were this last week will help him get acclimated a little bit quicker. And Dobbs will be kind of a go-to guy here to start because no one else is doing anything. Uh, I mean, the running backs are, and Tenyon is good. You know, whenever he's targeted, he pretty much catches everything. It's just he's not getting a high target share right now. But Dobbs is a good play, I think, every week. I don't think these Giants corners are anything to really be scared of, you know, like they were kind of last year with Bradbury. Uh, they don't really have that this year. So, Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think the Giants cover in this game. I do too. I'm not. It's the Packers have not been good. Um, they, have, they have not. They don't. I'm curious, they don't look how many, curious about how the Packers fans do this week. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, going to be hung over and constipated with all the cheese. I don't know how you're up at eight thirty for this. Then. This this feels like an attack on on your. New home co workers, all yes. of them, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Every single, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's move over to the main slate. The first game we're going to talk about is the Los Angeles Chargers three point favorites heading to Cleveland to face off against the Browns. The over under in this game is 49 and a half. Uh, the Chargers almost pulled a Chargers last week, or where they in week four, uh, where they had a massive lead, almost blew it to the Texans. Texans have looked better at times this year, their defense has kind of stepped up in key moments, but. Chargers are not quite getting it done. I think getting Keenan Allen fully back this week is going to help. Um, he was ruled inactive late to this game. I, I almost accidentally started him. Hopefully everyone was able to get him out of their lineups, unlike Alvin Kamara for the early game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Browns had a game where they kind of struggled. Um, the, the play calling was pretty rough. They got inside the 10 a few times and could not put the ball in the end zone. Uh, there was a throwaway on fourth down <laughs> inside the five, which was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. I don't know what Jacoby Brissett was doing. Uh, I, I I don't really know what to think of this game because I do think that both teams have their fair share of, of holes, and I don't know which team is going to exploit them the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, I going like after this week, like, instant kind of like looking at it i was like yeah the browns lost easy and we kind of said that early in the year too like that's what we expected but the chargers really haven't played that well and eckler did kind of have a resurgent day but it was carried by three touchdowns he had you know minimal yards necessarily but it's kind of more of an echo day uh williams had he had a, a few really good catches and then it was just kind of he, he had a good day it's just yeah. You know, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, yeah. He famously, you know, hasn't – he's had good games against the Browns, but most of his big plays has been like a broken coverage and then him pushing off for a big catch. Those are the only two big plays I can remember him making. Other than that, it's really been not, you know, fantastic. Um, especially if Allen's out, he's getting, you know, Ward pretty much the whole time. I'm not excited by that matchup for Williams. Um, but Chubb is carrying, Brissett is doing good as long as it's not, you know, last minute game on the line. He's made two bad decisions there. So I think the Browns can make this a close game and especially with Bose out and Slater out, if we can get the whole D line back for the Browns, they can be a good, good matchup really. Yeah. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. At least um, I do think that Herbert's going to pick apart this defense because while the Falcons weren't able to take advantage of that, I think that we we know what the Browns' defense is right now, and it's gonna there will be those blown coverages. And I do think that Mike Williams does have a decent day this week, especially if Keenan Allen is 100% this week. And, and I think he will be. Uh, he's been out the last couple of weeks. So I, I think we're going to see two fully healthy teams outside of the Browns, you know, starting quarterback here in a few weeks, but uh, I, I think this is going to be an interesting test for, for both of these teams. The over-under of 49.5, I feel like that's kind of low for this game. Uh, yeah. it, both teams are able to put up points pretty easily, and while the Chargers defense has definitely looked better, you look at the third and fourth quarter, the second half of that Texans game, and say, well, uh, I think Jacoby Brissett can probably put up some points uh, behind uh, on the back of Nick Chubb probably, but I'm going to take yeah, the Chargers. 
Chargers. Damian Pierce still. has carved these guys up on 14 carries. I think Chubb and Hunt can do the same for sure. But yeah, I, I think I take the over in the Chargers. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, uh, next game Detroit Lions going to New England to face off against the Patriots. The Patriots are only two and a half point favorites in this game. The over under is 47. It's going to be the Bailey. I'm not picking an under an Alliance game again this year. There's no shot over every, I don't give a shit who they play (laughs) over. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a little, a little tweet today that uh, the offensive coordinator in Detroit, Ben Johnson, he's getting some, a lot of buzz right now. He's probably going to be a head coach next year, which is going to be unfortunate for the Detroit lions offense, because I think he is the driving force behind all of that. However, uh, Patriots team been pretty good on defense, uh, found a gem, uh, at, at corner. I, why is his name? Um, now? it was the guy. Ugh. Yeah. Well, it was the we'll guy come... I was raving about in the, yeah. in the draft process. It's the late round guy too. I yeah, can't yeah. remember his name right now. We put him in like five different drafts. That sounds right. Um, you, you look that up. Patriots, though, are right, it's going to probably be the Bailey Zappi show. Hoyer got a concussion and is still in the protocol. Bailey Zappi actually played pretty well after a shaky start. You could tell he had some nerves going into that game. Uh, but like you said earlier, Aaron Rodgers should have lost to a Bailey Zappi-led New England Patriots offense. Uh, the running backs look good for New England. Uh, and the Lions have been as Swiss cheese as you could imagine. Jeffrey Okuda has played very well, and no other piece of that secondary has played well. Uh, Amani Awarie has been one of the worst corners in football this year, which is kind of strange because he was really good last year. Uh, so Bailey Zappi may actually have an opportunity this week, assuming that he is the starter and he gets Jacoby Myers back. I think that this New England offense is going to be able to put up some points. And so, yes, over in this game. Yeah. And he, he, they gave him an ultra safe game script too. If they could, have, I think a, a week of, you know, insert in the playbook, I think he gets a little bit more open. I think they probably win that game. Yeah. It's just, they played a little bit too safe. Um, and it's Jack Jones. It's just, mm-hmm. it, he's kind of a physical freak and he's just a good, he's aggressive player out there at the corner. And I, I think he's just played well, you know, Patriots, they clearly saw enough that they just didn't care about every other corner in their room. So he's yeah. working out so far. But yeah, I, I'm definitely good. I think I'm picking the Lions here and obviously the over. Um, yeah. I do find it weird that Goff is the QB1 and his three top targets arguably are out with St. Brown, Chark, and Swift. So we'll see how it works. But uh, if Swift is out again, you know, Jamal Williams, RB1, let's go. Yeah, big facts. Uh, question for you. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had a, a pretty massive day here. Eight receptions, 12 targets, 179 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I said pretty massive. Like, that's the massive day. Uh, probably good enough to finish as a tight end one if he doesn't play another snap this year. Are you putting him back in your lineup knowing that the the Patriots do a fantastic job scheming against the best weapon. Say all three of the top targets are gone again. Are you starting Hawkinson and, and being comfortable with that against the Patriots? Assuming yes. Kyle Duggar's out there too. Like that's, yeah, that's where I get nervous. It's tough. Uh, it's, he literally needed everyone out to finally do something. I, I'm just not, a, I don't think he's a top option in this offense. So, you know, if anyone's back, you know, I think he just gets run off the side. And, I mean, what is it? Tom Kelly was getting – had more targets, I think, or the same amount. Like, they were mm-hmm. throwing to anyone they could last week. Yeah, he didn't end up – so Tom Kelly had five targets. Uh, Josh Reynolds had eight. You combine those two, and they had more targets than TJ Hawkinson, which yeah. is strange um, because Hawkinson probably should have commanded about 17, 18 targets in this game, especially with the way they were throwing the ball. Um, good shout, Jared Goff. Are you starting Jared Goff this week? Because I feel like I am. If everyone's back, I am. Okay. I think that's fair. So Jared Goff right now on the season, obviously Monday Night Football is not over. Jared Goff is a quarterback one. He is top five. He is – uh, 
actually QB five right now. So insane, insane to think about what this Lions offense can be when they have a real quarterback too. Uh, Cause Jared Goff still isn't that question for you answer this week, Jared Goff, Kirk cousins. Because it's the next game. It's a good transition. What, what do you think? Because Kirk has been disappointing. He sure has. Um, and the Bears' defense has played well in spurts. I think that Kyler Gordon is going to get absolutely toasted by Justin Jefferson though this week. Yeah, that's um, not even fair. So I think Cousins. I think I lean Cousins just because Patriots. Um, it's but so- also, it, yeah, it's it's really tough. But if you look at what they just did to Aaron Rodgers, I, I think you're kind of comfortable saying Jared Goff's probably going to have one of his clunker games, right? I mean, I kind of yeah. feel like that's coming. At least worse than last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm going Lions and over on that game as well. You said Lions and over? Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right, good transition to the next game. Chicago Bears are heading to Minnesota to face off against the Vikings, who are six-and-a-half-point home favorites, and the over-under in this game is an abysmal 42-and-a-half compared to what we thought this Vikings offense would be. Uh, obviously, the Bears have had their offensive struggles as well. Sam uh, Mustafer is the worst center in all of football. I don't know if you've seen any of the clips of him just letting a defensive tackle uh, rip across his face and immediately generate pressure on Justin Fields. That poor kid is set up to fail. He's- and somehow he he persevered in this last game. I, I feel like he played a lot better, much more com- composed. He He's literally getting pressured on over 50% of the snaps. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's and he's got no one to throw to. It's one of the most egregious things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the Vikings have, you know, been a decent defense, at least, especially getting to the passer. Uh, you know, I feel bad for Fields. I I think I'm playing. Obviously, you're playing all the studs of the Vikings. I think I am playing Cousins, um, and toss up between Osborne and Thielen. I, I still really don't know who the next guy is there. Um, yeah. so we'll see. Thielen's done, I guess done Thielen's... more, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think Thielen's looked pretty good this year. I, I kind of expected a, a steeper drop off. Uh, on the other side though, I do feel like the Vikings can put up points and I think we're in for some garbage time. The Vikings have struggled to generate pressure at times this year. And I think that that has been the one thing that has hampered this offense. I'm not totally out on Mooney this week. I think they dialed up a lot of nice plays for him. I started him in, in a couple places as a, like, eh, let's see what happens. And I was kind of pleased with it. So um, starting Justin Fields sucks, though, right now. It's just the, the Bears' offense sucks. Um, Trust me. And Scott Fishbowl, is my only quarterback right now. Yeah, that's that's problematic. Um, I won again, so screw that's you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't think I did. My Scott Fishbowl team is pretty bad. Uh, Vikings in this game. And man, I, I'll take. I don't know about the over. I think I'll take the under, but I'll take the Vikings and the. I'll take them getting a seven point win too. I think I'm going to take the Bears to cover but lose, and also the under in this game. Um, Roquan Smith has played really well too, for what it's worth. So I think it could be yeah. a tough day for the the Vikings running backs. Um, okay, next game. Miami Dolphins, three-point favorites heading to New Jersey to face off against the Jets. Overrunner in this game is 44. Uh, Zach Wilson was back. He looked as up and down as you would expect Zach Wilson to look. He looked very similar to how he looked down the stretch last year. Uh, He threw a pair of interceptions but also had some massive plays. Uh, His arm talent was on display all over the place. Tua is out in this game, uh, so they will be starting Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I don't know what that means for the Dolphins pass catchers. I, I think this would be a good pause for them for this week. We already talked about our pause on the Jets wide receivers. Are there any fantasy assets in this game that you're excited to start? Yeah, I, I think Mostert. Uh, okay. Easy start. I think Chase is a good shot as well. Um, and I think Hill. Um, you know, Tua wasn't in for most of this game, if we're being honest. He, he got hurt pretty early. Um yeah. And Hill basically tripled Waddle again, just like week one. I think we might see something similar. We'll see. Uh, but with Bridgewater, we're definitely looking to get the ball out of his hand. So I'm not really – I think it's a bit of like 
it's tapering expectations because obviously Bridgewater's worse than Tua, but I'm not like full out on these guys. I think I'm pretty comfortable playing all the top guys for the Dolphins. Um, in Jets, I mean, Brees Hall plays Brees at this point. Yeah, and then it's just if you have a receiver here, you can. Um, if you have Conklin, you probably can. Yeah, it's just. It's not the best option. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like framed it as, are you excited for it? I think I'm excited yeah. to start Brees Hall. I, I think yeah. the usage in week four, it, it was the flip that you're looking for for a rookie. And yeah, so now and I think Carter will be a piece of the offense. Secondary, though. He's a secondary piece, yeah. which we always knew. And Mixon pretty much carved up the Dolphins last week. He had a good game, but not a great game, but he really should have had a much better game. It there's a couple that kind of get called back. There's a couple that thought he could have gotten more. He had like eight goal line touches and didn't score. Like, yeah, it should have been a much bigger game. So I think Brees can have a really decent day at, at worst. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to take the. Uh, I'm going to um, take the Dolphins and the under. I think Zach Wilson will screw up just enough. Yeah, I think I'll also take the Dolphins, but I think I'm going to take the over in this game. Uh, barely, though. You do you? I know. All right, next one. Falcons uh, heading to Tampa to face off against the Buccaneers. The Bucks are seven and a half point favorites, and the over-under in this game is 48 and a half. Heading into this last week, the Falcons were a dynamic offense. Uh, so uh, Mariota has played fairly well throughout the year. The Kyle Pitts usage is as strange as possible. That is my first question. Are you – you kind of have to start Kyle Pitts, right? It's, it's where you drafted him. Are you looking at him as a buy-low target in redraft where you think his usage will increase, or do you think this is just what it is? I think it's just what it is. I think it's a low-volume attack, and I don't think we're going to have – I think we're going to have good weeks from Pitts, and I think we're going to have good weeks from London. I think they're both going to get you know, seven targets a game or whatever, and we'll see what happens, but – uh, I do think they're going to have to throw more this week, obviously, so it could be more of a boom week. But with him being one of two guys to look at, you know, it, it does make the concern higher of a not a great game. But, I mean, are you going to play Kyle Pitts or, I mean, Conklin, I guess. You know, like someone, yeah. Bob Tunyon, do you want a guy that's getting seven targets this week or a guy that's getting two? Like, I guess my – so I feel like Gerald Everett is out there. In, he's, in some leagues still kind of but he's he's been picked up a lot of places he has and so i guess like if i was debating those two players i'd play everett against the browns um and, and that's where like that sucks if you're the kyle pitts manager that sucks i have quite a few shares of kyle pitts i'm pretty bummed about his usage this year um okay on the other side of the ball we've we've kind of seen what this offense looks like with Godwin healthy. He kind of walked out uh, a few times hurt in this game. Mike Evans is getting his, uh, a, a lot of things are going wrong for the bucks, but they were able to kind of put together a good offense against the chiefs down the stretch. Um, are you concerned about anyone in this offense? Are you concerned about Lenny against the Falcons? Do you think he'll have a bounce back game? Yeah. Uh, Lenny should have a decent game against the Falcons. They're they're not a terrific run defense. Um, I think they'll be able to move the ball well, and they were moving the ball pretty well through the air. So I'm not like concerned. I think that was the best game for the Bucks offense this season, most likely, and everyone was kind of back. So yeah. uh, I'm not really nervous about them moving the ball. It's just they kind of got hit early, and they just tried to inch their way back and just kind of couldn't. <laughs> Yeah. It was just a bad day for their defense, and I, I expect them to come out swinging and win big. Yeah, I kind of feel that coming as well. All right, uh, I'm going to take the Bucks and the over for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, think I'll take. Yeah, I think I'll take the points too. It's just, yeah, it, it's a big line, but I get it. It is, but. We you kind of expect the Bucks to score a ton. So, uh, okay, next game: New Orleans Saints, four point favorites, heading to Seattle. 
to face off against the Seahawks. The over-under in this game is 45 and a half. The Seahawks obviously were able to keep up with the Lions this last week uh, in a massive, massive shootout. Rashad Penny had a big game. Geno Smith looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL somehow. It's pretty insane. Uh, the Ken Walker hype is dead, I think. Uh, I think Rashad Penny is is the clear RB1 there. Against the Saints defense, I'm not sure what that means this week because they've been pretty good against the run. The Saints, meanwhile, I don't know who they're getting back this week. It seems like they might get Michael Thomas back. I'm not sure about Jameis. I think that Chris Olave is a must-start every week, though, at this point. Do you agree? Yep. That's that's exciting stuff. We knew he was the most pro-ready rookie. He's come out here and performed like that. You start your DK Metcalf. You start your Tyler Lockett. You start Rashad Penny. And at yeah. this point, are you starting Geno Smith in single quarterback leagues? I don't know about this week, but probably I, I, I'm a little concerned because I know it's kind of a foggy history in my head of uh, DK versus Lattimore. And I want to say that the only like good plays from DK have been like a big play. Like it, I think it was like an 84 yard touchdown or something uh, yeah. last year. So and it was like three catches for like 90 yards or something. So like, I think Lattimore plays really well against him. Um, but, you know, it, it's not like he shut out Jay Jettas last week. It's a little bit different receiver, obviously. But I do think he can kind of shut down Metcalf a bit. But that does just leave up Lockett. So I, I think you're pretty confident. Um, and I do think this offense is just looking really good. So, I, yeah. I mean, they can't stop anyone, and <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, shout out Tariq Woolen. I think he had a pick six in this game. Yep, um, he did. against the Lions. So uh, that's a miss by me. Uh, we'll talk about that at a later date, I'm sure. So far, at least. All right. Uh, and in this game, I think I'm going to take the Seahawks, and I think I'm going to take the over. I'm Jameis back. I take the Saints. Fair. Right now, with the ambiguity, I think I'll take the Seahawks. Are you taking the over? Yeah, I think he kind of got to. Yeah, with how the Seahawks offense has looked. And if you assume Jameis is back, I think the Saints offense, even though it was struggling for a bit, I think you they can put up points against the Seahawks, for sure. Uh, next one, the Kenny Pickett-led Steelers are facing off against the Bills. The Bills are 14-point favorites in this game. That's insane. Over-under is only 47 that's that's a sad line. I'm so sorry, Steelers fans. Welcome to the hell that all Cleveland fans felt for many years. Uh, Kenny Pickett does open the door for the Steelers' path catchers to be a little more dynamic. I think Deontay, like we talked about with George Pickens as well, Chase Claypool is kind of a dead asset in even Dynasty to me. I, I think he's just not very good at football. Um, on the other side, Stefan Diggs, um, I think Devin Singletary is the clear RB one for the bills. And we've kind of seen that play out in all different game scripts. Now, um, I, the Steelers defense has been really good though. And so are you, are you at all concerned about any of the bills offensive playmakers? No. Um, so they're, they played a very ugly rain game this last week against the Ravens. So I'm kind of willing to throw out a lot of that stuff. Uh, the Steelers have consistently given up a top receiver game. They've consistently given up a top running back game. So I'm, I don't know if it'll be Diggs. I don't know if it'll be Davis. Uh, but someone from the Bills is having a, a monster game. And I think Singletary continues to have a good game. And obviously Allen, even in a bad game, was a good game. So um, yeah. I think we're pretty confident in everyone there. Yeah. Do you think the Steelers cover the 14-point spread? No. Yeah, me neither. I do think the over hits in this game as well. Yeah, the Bills might hit 45, so. That is fair. All right, next one, Houston Texans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are favored by 7.5 points in this game, and the over-under is 45. That's that's crazy. So the Jaguars are now the betting favorite to win the AFC South. I think that's rightfully so. They've looked really good at times this year despite Trevor Lawrence having a pretty down game this last week. Um, yep. And some of his advanced metrics are still really, really bad. Um, a conversation for another day. Uh, Damian Pierce looks fantastic. Um, rushed 14 times, 131 yards and a touchdown. It was a breakaway 
play, I believe, did he got into the end zone on that breakaway, right? That yep. they didn't stop him short. Shout out long speed uh, boost in Damian Pierce's long speed grade for me after the fact. Um, Brandon Cooks kind of had a bounce back game, seven targets, seven receptions, 57 yards, and found the end zone. Um, Trevor Lawrence struggled. ETN kind of outplayed James Robinson. James Robinson struggled on the ground this week. I don't know if that continues. I don't think Eagles. Yeah. Eagles are always, I mean, it's, you know, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Hargrave. It's tough. It's tough sledding for a in between the tackles, bruising runner. So it's perfectly fair. I think uh, he has a bounce back game this week. And I think ETN can have a good game as well. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Christian Kirk still top target. Zay Jones coming back. Uh, like he played in this last game. Um, I think being another week removed, he didn't play. No, he was a late inactive. Okay, I missed that, and I think I started him because I'm an irresponsible fantasy manager sometimes. Um, I, I think it was like last second he was yeah. out. So yeah, oh yeah, because Jamal Agnew had a massive day. Christian Kirk yeah. bounce back day where massive target yes. share again. You think? Okay. Yeah. He. Jaguars. I, I think he had. Seven or eight targets, but two catches for like sixty yards. So yeah. I mean, it's there. He just didn't catch a couple, and there was a few really uncatchable balls from Lawrence there. Uh, he really had a really bad day. He they got stripped twice in the pocket as well. So um, he should yeah. pick it up this week. We'll see, yeah. but there should be a good, clean Jags win in my opinion. But the Texans they started to look better in the second half, and they've they've been kind of doing that. With Pierce kind of taking over, I think he's able to run against the Jaguars. So I think this could be a good game, but I'm still going to take the Jaguars and the over, but not the points. I'll think I'll take the Texans to cover that. That's where I was going to go to. I think I think this is a sneaky are the Jaguars for real game because I do think that the Texans. I think Davis Mills is still trying to prove that he is worth being the starting quarterback past this year. I don't think he really has a shot at it with how he's played thus far, but he did string together a good second half. If he can start to build on that against a good Jaguars defense, I think that we're talking about him in a different light in a few weeks. I don't know if it happens, but I do think the Texans cover, and I also agree that the over will hit. Uh, Because even if the Jaguars get out to a big lead, garbage time touchdowns, Texans have shown that they can kind of put that up. So. Okay, next one. Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites going to Washington to face off against the Commanders. Over under is 43 and a half. Traylon Burks was carted off. We don't really know too much yet. I believe he was undergoing some tests today. It doesn't sound like it's too serious. They don't seem too concerned about it. It really doesn't matter. He, he I believe, had zero targets. Maybe he might have snagged one target before uh, leaving this game. I'm going to double check that as we speak. Robert Woods had a pretty good day. Uh, four receptions, 30 yards, a touchdown kind of saved his day. Um, Traylon Burks ended up with three targets right before he got hurt. But in, in the first quarter of play, he still was a secondary or tertiary option. Uh, other side of the ball, Carson Wentz is doing his Carson Wentz thing um, where he you know plays great for a few weeks and then he looks like trash. Uh, this game looked like trash. 25 of 42, 170 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Um, any chance we see Sam Howell in this game? <laughs> no. Yeah, fair. He he was also he's been inactive the last couple yeah, of weeks Taylor, as well. So Taylor Heineke has been the backup, which I think is fair. So um this game doesn't do a whole lot for me. And Derek Henry is still the focal point of the offense. 22 carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. I think that he's going to be able to do that against Washington. So I think he's the kind of one play in this game. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not particularly, you know, impressed by anything in the Titans secondary either. So I do think Wentz can have a bounce back game this week and can kind of deal a bit and they can really move the ball. Uh, but Henry's going to eat easy. Uh, it's apparently, you know, snowing in the, wherever the hell that place is at this point. That stupid trope, but it's going to work. Um, yeah. And I, I'm very curious if like Kyle Phillips can break out here or Robert Woods can get an increased target share here with, you know, uh, them not trying to feed the rookie here in Traylon. It's just what I, I, I'm just curious about it because they're not going to throw more than 20 times. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's why it's kind of like even if they're getting 10 targets and six catches, are we caring? But we'll yeah. see. I think it is worth it to shout out Curtis Samuel, who had another seven targets in this game. His target share is massive. I feel like he's a play every week at this point, at least in your flex, especially with the uh, cost of acquisition there. He's, he's like a safe 10 points. That's yeah. kind of how I have him. Yeah, with an upside of a, a massive day, too, I think. Yeah, it's just, you know, he needs the end zone. He's he's like a worse version of Eckler. Yeah, he kind of reminds but me of also. Because he's the receiver trying to, it's weird. He's like Cole Beasley with a bad quarterback from last year. It's kind of how I would. Except he runs. That's the difference. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, all right, next game, San Francisco 49ers, four and a half point favorites against I, the Panthers. Oh, did sorry, we didn't even pick think. the Titans. Yeah. Uh, Washington and under. Titans and over. Sick. Stuck <laughs> on that. Uh, all right. I, I don't know. I think Henry can just have a big day and once tries to deal his way back. Yeah. I still don't know if the Titans are good. I think. I don't they're, think we're going to find that out in this game. They play the game. Um, <laughs> they play to win the game. That's, that's, uh, that's about all I got so far. That's fair. Uh, all right, next one. 49ers, four and a half point favorites going to Carolina to face off against the Panthers, the Baker Mayfield-led Panthers, because Sam Darnold still is not healthy. Uh, he's not coming off IR just yet. Uh, over-under in this game is 39. Baker sucks uh, this year. Um, and last year, but Baker looks like he's broken. <laughs> we, the, the Baker that we knew from his rookie year and even at times his sophomore year is just gone. His footwork's gone. Uh, his pocket presence gone. It's all bad. His arm looks stronger yep. this year, though, so that's cool. Uh, hopefully you can start that's to put it all together. because he has ligaments this year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Chris McCaffrey still play every week. He's the RB3 yep. or 4, I believe, on the season right now. Um, DJ Moore is still a play squeaky wheel type situation last week. And it really, it's, there's just no upside. There's no upside with this Panthers offense right now outside of McCaffrey. So yeah, uh, 49ers, they're going to win tonight. They're up 24 to nine. As we record this game is about to be over in five minutes. Um, they look pretty good on offense. I think that the Panthers defense has carried them at times, uh, shout out Frankie Luvu for being a really good linebacker, but easy, easy 49ers pick here. And honestly, honestly, I'll say over because I think the 49ers can overcome the Panthers good defense. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's tough on the over because it is basically asking Panthers. you're either asking the 49ers to score 28 or 30 and the Panthers to score twice, or you're just asking the 49ers to dominate, which is possible, but I'll take the over. It's just close. Here's the thing. Jimmy G is going to throw a pick six. We know this. And so there's seven points, you know? So Right there. Uh, <laughs> right there. I, I feel like I'm going to come back to this soundbite when it happens on Sunday, but um, – no, I won't care that much. And Baker's probably going to throw two pick sixes for what it's worth. This game sucks. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, 49ers and over is what I said, right? Yep. Uh, all right. Cowboys versus Rams. Rams are four and a half point favorites. Over under is 45 and a half. Uh, it sounds like Dak could be back. They were ramping him up a little bit this last week. With how Cooper Rush has played, I feel like they might stick with him one more week before they bring. Dak back. They got Michael Gallup back who found the end zone this last week. Tony Pollard played like dog crap, and I don't know if you can even play him at this point, especially against this Rams defense. Um, uh, on the other side of the ball, I have no idea what's happening in this game, so could you please inform me of what's happening? Stats-wise is the issue. That's because really? <laughs> I is- have it. Honestly, issue. <laughs> like I have it in a picture in picture. Um, so Stafford 27 of 40 for 203 and a pick six. Uh Henderson, six carries, 22 yards, Agers, eight carries, 13. Obviously, Jesus. it's hard to get run against the 49ers. Uh yeah. Cup is 12 catches on 16 targets for 100 yards. Higby, 12 targets, nine catches, 65. Uh, so yeah, they're not playing well, but Play Higby, play Cooper, 
Um, and I think you could. <sighs> nope. That's it. It's you... close with Akers for me, but I think it's still eh. He's been so I think you bad. You just play them. So and I, I'm not sure I'm playing Stafford. No, he hasn't looked very good. I think I think his elbow is more serious than a lot of people led us yeah. to believe this year. And I think Zeke's at best a flex play this week as well. I know Jeff Wilson's had a decent day. I'll check that. He had <laughs> 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, I think they have they have roughly like 85 yards on the ground. Zeke got, I think, 19 or 20 carries for 49 yards. So he's going to get carries. It's just I don't think he breaks one, so it's kind of tough. Yeah. Zeke, there's no running back that likes running into a pile of people more than Zeke. That mm-hmm. dude just – he's like, oh, I see a he hole. I'm avoiding that hole. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I – CeeDee Lamb, you started. Michael Gallup, I'm yeah. interested in in this game. I, I want to see the split, like target chair between him and Noah Brown this week. Especially if Schultz is back as well, which he was kind of close this week. Um, yeah. I think I'm picking the Rams. I don't. I was going to say Cowboys, but I'm going to pick the Rams uh, and the under. I'm going to go Cowboys and under in this game. It's, cl- it's a toss up for me, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I think a Dak Prescott led Cowboys is easy. Cowboys. I think a Cooper Rush led Cowboys is. Still Cowboys. I, I don't know what this Rams team is. Um, no, and if I'm the Cowboys, I'm not playing Dak this week. The Rams do, you know, obviously have a good pass rush. Uh, and they're kind of a violent pass rush. I, I think I'm making sure Dak's at least 90% before he's in the game it, it, with how Cooper's been playing. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, next one. Philadelphia Eagles, five-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. The over-under in this game is 49 and a half. Um, again, I, I think it's, I think the Eagles are going to just slaughter the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are a good football team. Um, they're not going to have Hopkins back yet. They don't really have – Greg Dorch wasn't a factor in this last game. Rondell Moore, obviously, his first game of the season – Struggle to get going. Marquise Brown is a good option. I think that Zach Ertz and Trey McBride provide this offense with a little bit. There are times where I just don't think Kyler is a very good quarterback. I think that a lot of what he did last year was on the back of DeAndre Hopkins still being really good, which shout out you. You kind of, I, I think we're seeing that now. I think that we have a lot of proof of that. And I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now. So I'm yeah, starting. They are. I'm starting every Eagle I can, except maybe Kenneth Gainwell. I, I will say uh, Murphy has been like second tier of lockdown corner so far this year, and they've been getting healthier on defense as well. So there's some you know play there where I think they might be able to stifle the Eagles a bit more than we're expecting, but I do think this is an over game. I am picking the Eagles, uh, and I think you're probably playing Kyler. It's basically as long as he doesn't commit turnovers – He'll have a good game, and I think you're playing Hollywood Nerds. Uh, but yeah, you're playing. I think Devonta Smith has a little bit of bounce back game. I have a my start of the week is Miles Sanders. Everyone can run on this team, even with JJ Watt back. Like you can be, you can run on him, and he's kind of their top option. Uh, and he's been electric for them, and honestly, vital in a couple games here so far. And I think this will be another one. Yeah, yeah, I. It's interesting to me. Only two uh, you know, Eagles receivers or wide receivers specifically caught passes in this last game, and they still won by eight points. I think that um, Miles Sanders' Eagles offense. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, Eagles and over for me as well. Yep. All right, Sunday night football. We have a divisional matchup here: Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are only three-point favorites in this game. After a couple of games that have slipped away from them, they they have a. It is kind of Ravens-esque to uh, have the opportunity to be undefeated and somehow have a losing record. I think they're two and two right now, but uh, 40, 48 points over under in this game. Uh, Mixon had a bounce back day. T Higgins had a massive day. Jamar Chase uh, was kind of quiet. Still got you, I believe. 10 to 12 fantasy points depending on your scoring uh 
T. Higgins, though, nine targets, 124 yards on seven catches and a touchdown. I think we're going to see a little bit more of uh, T against Jamar as uh, who will be the highest target getter because Burrow kind of takes what's there. Um, Ravens defense has been beatable, but they played well in that rain game against the Bills. In a rain game. <laughs> in in a rain game, yeah. Um and then on the other side of the ball, Lamar had a really tough day. Bill's defense is pretty damn elite, so I'm willing to throw that away. I think this is going to be a shootout, personally. I Yeah, I think you play everyone. Uh, which, turning back to you quickly. Uh, yeah, so, so my need more info is J.K. Dobbins. I think we saw him eased in kind of the backup to Justice Hill at times two weeks ago. And then this last week, he he found the end zone twice. Uh, he had 17 touches, found the end zone twice. I think he looked good. I think I still want to see it one more time before I'm comfortable putting J.K. in my lineups. Yeah. Um, I just I want to see him be the workhorse for whatever that is for the Ravens. But I want to see him do that and then just continue that before I put him in my lineup. Yeah, and for what it's worth, he did take over his lead back. Ravens lead back is anywhere from 15 to like 20 touches so 17 if we can get to 20 each week i think we have a a really viable fantasy asset jk dobbins he looked healthy he looked good i I do agree it's it's you know i i said the same thing watching the games this week this week i'd rather have 18 points from dobbins on my bench this week and just see it you know i think we're we've said that kind of with a few of these guys you know the jets receivers and a couple others, Pickens even maybe. and uh, But I think I'm ready to play Dobbins this week. I think it depends on my start sets and situations here. But um, this is going to be a really good game and really high scoring. And, I, I mean, obviously Lamar is going to – I think Lamar is either the top – that top three is ridiculous right now. Him, Allen, and Hurts, and they all have good matchups. Yeah. I, I think Lamar is going to have a crazy game. Um, uh, I think these guys need to try and somehow figure out how to trade for DJ Moore. Because um, they, they just need another they need another guy. I, I love Duvernay, but he's a chain mover and a red zone guy. He can't – he's just not getting open like, yeah. as consistently as they need right now. Well, and they didn't even play Rashad Bateman down the stretch, which was perplexing. Yeah. So – uh, Ravens in this game and over. Yep. Cool. Same. All right. Probably your favorite game of the week. Monday night football is oh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh well, yeah. Fair. <laughs> uh, against the Kansas city chiefs, chiefs are seven and a half point favorites and the over under in this game is 53. The Raiders obviously look better leaned on the rushing attack. Josh Jacobs had a massive day, uh, 28 carries 144 yards and two touchdowns on all of my benches added five catches for 31 yards. I benched him. Why wouldn't I? You know, he, he had kind of struggled at times, bummed about it, lost a lot of matchups. Um, Derek Carr kind of struggled, um, but Devontae Adams had a bounce back game. On the Chiefs side of the ball, everyone does well. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the bona fide tight end one that we know him to be. Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like a top 12 running back this year. Patrick Mahomes is doing crazy, stupid things. Uh, and I now I will say I feel like this is the game where we think this this over under is fifty three. We think it's going to be a shootout, and then it's a defensive uh, battle throughout the game. You don't think so? I'm not impressed by the Chiefs' defense necessarily. Fair. So the Raiders, they can get to the quarterback, and I think they will get to the quarterback and give Mahomes some issues if they can, you know, kind of contain rush pretty well. Um, the secondary has played really well as well. I, I think Hobbs can pretty much take away anyone he wants from this game. It's just Kelsey carves up the Raiders. He yeah. is their absolute kryptonite. The Raiders have good safeties. It doesn't matter. He beats the shit out of them every every game. It is the most infuriating thing to watch, especially now with having decent corners again to just know that Kelsey is going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns is yeah. the most infuriating thing I can think of right now. <laughs> and Edward Jalair should have a good day. Uh, this Raiders 
defense was pretty tough against the run this last week, but Edwards Alaire is definitely more of a, you know, get the ball in his hands weapon. And I think that's where you can kind of dominate this Raiders linebacking core, at least. It's not a speedy group necessarily, even though they do have Perriman is decently fast and Divine Diablo's converted safety. You'd think it'd be a little fast, but I think they're a little step slow at times still. So um, we'll, we'll see. I, I wouldn't play Pacheco who had a decent day. Like I, I think it's Clyde and Kelsey, and I'm not even sure if Mahomes. He didn't even have – I mean, you're playing Mahomes, but he had three touchdowns and a pick, but only like 240 yards or something. It wasn't prolific by any means, even in an enormous game. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs rushing attack really kind of carried them, uh, which is yeah. crazy against Vita Vea. Uh, and and Vita Vea didn't look very good. We did say <laughs> – the the Bucks gave up on the run. The Raiders will not do that. So yeah. Jacobs should have a good day. This Chiefs run defense, well, they do have Jones and good linebackers, still isn't the best thing in the world. Like I think Jacobs can at least have a decent day. Uh, and yeah. Waller, if he he's getting targets, he's dropped a couple of balls. Uh, I think the Raiders definitely need Renfro back for this to even be competitive. Uh, yeah. That, like, Which well, I think, I think it could be, be competitive, but for it to really be competitive, they need Renfro back. Yeah. X Factor is Max Crosby if he can finish his uh, opportunities because you know he's going to be in the backfield. Yeah. And if he can finish, I think that this is a game. I am taking the Chiefs still to win by like 10 ish. And I'm going to take under. the Chiefs. Um, you know what? You just want to reverse jinx I'm it. Going full, I'm going full negative. Chiefs and. Over and the, okay. the points. It's that's fair. I get it. Uh, I'm going Chiefs and under in this game. Uh, 53 is a lot. Uh, granted, both teams can put up 40 by themselves. So yes. who knows? Um, okay, that'll do it. That is the final game for Week Five. Uh, we're very excited to uh, you know continue going through these. Remember, if you guys have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at C Williams NFL at our Hall NFL. Uh, once again, we are just one episode a week now. So if you have questions before uh, the week ends, even uh, just hit us up. We can get them into the show somehow. Uh, we can kind of build them into the games. And then if you have any start to questions, you know where to find us as well. Uh, we will be back next Monday around halftime of Monday Night Football, as usual. Normally right at the start of the third quarter for what it's worth. But kill me. I know it's the worst, but. It's okay. We'll we'll make it happen. Uh, Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? No, no. It's it's a good week. Good week of football. I expect another good week, and let's have some fun. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Cut. Remember, if you are listening via podcast, drop us a little review for a one star podcast. Just leave a four or five star, and then let us know. Uh, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.